welcome to the Chewing Gum Podcast, where we'll be chewing on some of our honest Asian Australian experiences. I'm Sherry. And I'm Clover. Welcome to episode 15, where we use the internet to describe our romantic love languages and compatibility with our partners. Is it true? And do these personality quizzes truly define how we behave in our love lives? So before this episode, me and Clover went ahead and we did a love language and attachment style quiz. So we'll talk about the love languages first. So there are five types of love languages. There are words of of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, acts of service, and receiving gifts. So when I did this quiz, it said that my main love language was receiving gifts with with a whopping 30%, then acts of service, quality time, words of affirmation, and physical touch would be last for me. For me, mine was quality time at 33%, access services 30%, kit um, gifts 16%, and physical touch 10%. And then um, for me, the last one was words of affirmation with a 6%. That's very, very low. I want to know why. Like, So if someone said, I love you, Clover, you're just going to be like, no, <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm not a really much of a verbal person. Like, mm-hmm. I feel that um sometimes, like, the words you can say may sound a bit empty. Like, it's like, like, words of affirmation is defined as, like, you know, um saying things like, I love you, or getting, like, unsolicited um compliments, that sort of thing. But sometimes, like, you know, if someone tells me, like, oh, I love you, and stuff or like oh you look so good and stuff like that sometimes it just doesn't do anything to me because I feel like oh you could just be saying stuff and then it could just not mean anything that's Mm -hmm. what I think like I feel like love um is like better portrayed when like you do something for some uh, do something for someone so that's why Mm -hmm. maybe my access services is way up there because like um yeah actions speak louder than words yeah, Thomas, your boyfriend, does his love language matches well with yours? You know what? Actually, legit, like, I did not prompt him or anything like that. I just sent mm-hmm. him the quiz. And mm-hmm. we have, like, the exact same order of our love languages. And oh, then wow. our percentages were just, like, 1% or 3% off mm-hmm. to each other. So I was like, oh, damn. Like I, Because I swear before um, when I got him to do it back then, it was a little bit different. I think maybe I was a little bit different. But like over time, maybe because I obviously obviously like spent more time with him, like his kind of love languages kind of like rubbed off on me. That's oh, what yeah. I feel like. Mm. What about you? How was um yours compared to your boyfriend? So Victor is uh first of all physical touch, which is the total opposite to mine. My physical oh, yeah. touch is at a staggering three percent while his i believe it was really really high it was like it was the highest one with like 30 35 percent oh wow yeah so it's total total opposite um the ones Mm -hmm. that we do match in is quality time and actual service Mm. where it was like around about the middle we did have like almost the Mm. same percentage for that but like the main Mm. thing is just the his is like physical touch that's how he shows me that he loves me while I Mm -hmm. just like it when we just spend time together or like I do things for him but I think it works out either way sometimes Mm. sometimes it's like a lot of physical touch and I'm like uh 
I'm not feeling it. Like it's like, it's like <laughs> yeah, like sometimes I'm just like not feeling it because I mm. I don't like I don't unconsciously touch him to be like, oh, Mm-mm. like this is my way of showing you I love you. The way I show Mm-mm. him that I love him is just spending time together, planning things out together pretty much while his is just like oh like I can do all of these things but all I just need is to be close with you the whole time and I'm like Mm. okay cool so very Mm. different it's like a nice balance there it's not too much and it's not it's not the like on the opposite end of each other you know Mm. but for you like why do you think your your love language like levels for physical touch is like the lowest and like it's not even like you know a low like a low percentage it's like three percent out of like a hundred percent so I think the physical touch aspect just comes from like trauma <laughs> so <laughs> oh like, my goodness and this is a, it's going it's going down a dark hole but um not gonna get too much into it but it's just basically like trauma from when I was a kid I don't like it when people touch me especially people that I don't trust so like obviously when I meet someone for the first time and we'll get into it into like the attachment quiz like later Mm. on but when I meet someone for the first time I don't like to touch them like and I don't like them to touch me either until I like until I can trust them fully then I'm I I can touch them it's like that kind of Mm. thing and in general like physical touch is not like a love language I exude on like friends as well I just rather spend time with friends that's fair enough yeah I think you know like for me physical touch is like not exactly high either mine's like 10% I don't -hmm. know I'm just not a very like you know affectionate person um so that's why for me like words like affectionate words affectionate touching is like uh you know don't do that don't do that with me (laughs) But what I do find surprising is that since our both of our words of affirmation is so low, but we're both really mm. into reading, like fictional yeah. lovers, characters, and yeah. romantic stories, like why why is it that so low? Yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, just listening to you talk just now, I was mm-hmm. like a bit confused. Like, okay, what does the love languages even mean? Is it like how you communicate to other people or how you would want to be communicated with? I think it's like how you want to be communicated with, like how you perceive mm-hmm. as love. Right. Yeah. Because like now, because I was like really like suddenly like so confused by this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like searched on Google and it was like, oh, like it represents like a distinct way of expressing love. So it's like for you, how you would express your, um, you know, affection towards um, your partner or like your friends or anything. I'm confused to be honest, but I think it goes both ways. I'm not sure because like my in the re- like the first one I have is receiving gifts, which I mm. I think that's pretty correct. I really really like it when mm. um, my partner gives me a gift to show to show me how they've been thinking about me or like they remember Mm. like a really small aspect of like an interest of mine and then they just like give me things Mm. like that is what I find Mm. super super romantic but can I do that back to them no (laughs) do Mm. I have a goldfish brain memory yeah I do so I'm not great Mm. with giving gifts but I like receiving gifts even though that does sound materialistic but it's just like the very small aspects that 
you know that they're listening to you and then they're paying attention to you. That's what that yeah. shows me romantic love. Yeah, I think like, you know, they even define it as like more like, you know, the thoughts behind the gift kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, if they get you something, um, it doesn't have to be an expensive item, but it's just something that's meaningful or like, you know, you know that they've put in like the effort and like thoughts into like finding this gift. Like mm. pretend that we're both single right now, okay? If a potential partner yeah. came along and displayed yeah. true types of like love languages that would not match to you, which of those love languages would it be? Mm, I think for me, it it would be like physical touch straight mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Like I can yeah. only do physical touch when like, you know, uh, once we've actually progressed more into the relationship or like I have a better grasp of someone, mm-hmm. then I'll be like, yeah, I can I can see where physical touch can be like, okay. But prior to that, I just can't. Mm-hmm. And yeah, words of affirmation, like it can't, it's kind of confusing for me because like sometimes like, yeah, I do enjoy like compliments and, um, you know, words of affirmation, but sometimes I don't know if, those things are necessarily like true or like genuine Mm -hmm. so that's why it makes me a bit skeptical if someone was like constantly you know vomiting all these words of affirmations at me like one it tells me like oh should I be wary of this person or like Mm -hmm. two it's kind of low-key is a bit creepy sometimes if they're like (laughs) oh my god you're so pretty oh my god like you're so smart like kind of thing like it's just like no like don't like don't don't shove me too many compliments it's just a bit weird I I interpret like I interpret words of affirmation as not really compliments but more of just like like I imagine I was like oh a person like writing like a huge poem or like just describing yeah. their love to me in like words which is fine mm. I just like I agree with mm. you it does get a little bit uncomfortable and a little bit cringy as well because mm-hmm. I remember like previous partners they'll be like I'll do anything for you like on, obviously this is during the honeymoon period where like the puppy yeah. phase where you know you'll do anything for your yeah yeah partner at that moment you jump off a cliff yeah exactly <laughs> so, like I I always hated it those statements are just so cringy when you put them together mm. because you know it's not true like in logically would you actually do everything for me if I tell you to jump off a cliff would you actually jump off a cliff probably not Mm-hmm. so like I just I agree with you where words of affirmation is something I'm a bit iffy about if a partner or like someone came mm. along and did that true love languages that I would not like would be mm. physical touch so I agree with you yeah. like I wouldn't choose words of affirmation I think I would choose like giving gifts or receiving gifts yeah receiving gifts yeah, yeah. we're gonna have a lot of miscommunication but do you agree with this quiz though I do, like, agree to a certain extent. Like, but, like, to be honest, like, it's kind of on point for me. Like, I feel like it matches my personality quite well. What about mm-hmm. you? I think I think it's pretty well. I I have done the this love language test before. My answers do vary slightly, like, but they mainly do circulate around receiving gifts, quality time, acts of service. So those three are almost interchangeable. So they're all very, very close. Like, you know, funny story, like we were talking about physical touch, right? And how like it would not work well if someone like I just met just did that to me. Mm-hmm. Funny story. So when me and Thomas, so my current boyfriend, we 
when we just met, like met up for the first time, like after like talking online. But mind you, I kind of like met him before that, but I haven't really talked to him. Then we really started talk, uh, start, started talking to each other online. And if you want to hear more about that, you can visit our episode three. Yeah, we were watching a movie and we were like sitting quite close to each other. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I would remember that he. Okay, this sounds really weird, but like he he when we were watching that movie, it was like kind of like a. It was a blockbuster kind of thing. And mm-hmm. then for some reason, he placed his hand on my leg while we're watching it. And I just remember, I was like, what the fuck, this guy? Like, I was like, but other parts of, like, that, like, date or something, mm-hmm. it was, like, it was good. It was just, like, that kind of, like, made me a little bit, what, what <laughs> kind of thing. Um, about it afterwards when we got together. Like, mm-hmm. he recollects nothing from that kind of thing and I was like dude like it was there like I am like super aware I remember that so it it is giving me alarm bells when like um someone does that to me Mm -hmm. but like there we go I'm dating this guy right now so So it does work out I mean like love love languages also translates to how you communicate with your friends as well and how you could show your friends appreciation. And I have this yeah. this friend, but in general, overall, no matter what gender you are, he his love language or how he shows that he's like talking to you, he's communicating with you, he's listening to you, is through physical touch. And it infuriates me because like when I first <laughs> oh met him, when I first met him, we were just like chatting, we we're just talking. And he was like, oh, yeah, nice to meet you. Goes in for the hug. And I'm just like, wait a second. I don't even know you. I don't want to give you a hug here. Sorry. Hold up there. Hold you think up this there. is for free? <laughs> and like at the time, I, I like I didn't know he was in a relationship. He He's like a full on like engaged man, by the way. So like, but he just he's so comfortable with t- touching people that he's like he's fine with it. And he's, I'm guessing his fiance is fine with it. But even if you're a guy, he'll go in for the hug. Very touchy person. It made me so self-aware when I'm around him because like he would be like, whenever he'll be talking to you, he, his hand would come onto your shoulder. He'll be like tapping your shoulder and be like, hey, like, you know, it's not flirting, but it's just how he, I guess, appreciation. And then eventually like we got closer to, like we got closer. And then I was just like, oh, actually, like I'm actually not comfortable with people touching me, especially people I don't know. And he was like, oh man, I'm so sorry. Like you should have told me sooner. I'm just so comfortable with like everyone that like I unconsciously touch them in a way of just like showing that I'm listening to them. Yeah, I guess it's very, it's very different from everyone. I still, like, yeah, like, physical touch is definitely something that develops over time for us, I feel like. All right. How about attachment styles? So I actually Mm -hmm. didn't know what attachment styles was until you introduced it to me last week. And Mm -hmm. I went ahead and I did my homework and I did this quiz. Mm -hmm. So I'm reading off this website paragraph attachment Mm -hmm. styles are formed from early childhood which affects how you form adulthood attachments and how you behave in relationships there are four primary kinds dismissive avoidant fearful avoidant anxious preoccupied and secure so 
I wasn't labeled as fearful avoidant where I was described the positive aspects. I was, it said I was a free spirit and I was independent, strong and sensitive, which is true. I think it's like, it, it like hits my personality to a, to a T. Um, but then the relationship side where it was just like, oh, this is how fearful avoidant attachment styles are bad for relationships. I struggle with people who are too dependent with on their partner and I struggle with being vulnerable with people and also dissatisfaction and trust which I find quite true what about you I got like a few random like responses but basically how I heard of like this kind of quiz was like when I was watching Amy Lee on YouTube and she was just talking about like you know how when she was in a relationship she realized like she was this certain type of style and then that was different to like the style of for her partner and that's why it didn't work out and and why her other relationships didn't work out was because like she didn't realize that was her style of like um being expressing love or like you know engaging in a relationship so that like you know she constantly was attracted to people that was opposite her um style because usually when you have a certain style you tend to get attracted to the style the opposite style or the style that you want to be um so for example if you're like any of the insecure types then you would kind of like be attracted to a secure type and um that would be sometimes a bit deteriorating even if you're like um attracted to a different insecure type or like even the same it's just like you know um a compounding effect when you have like all these um, negative aspects um, on top of each other. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, for me, I got a quite a few different responses depending on which quiz I got. So I was anxious, preoccupied in one of them. And then the other one I got avoid and dismissive, which um, is quite sim- similar to yours. Like I really think like it depends on which quiz you do and yeah. like ha- how it's being evaluated because like some quizzes they ask you like yeah like what was your family background like like how did your parents treat you kind of thing um others are more like you know asking more present questions and sometimes I'm even confused like oh is it talking about me right now with my partner or like me back then or like if I wasn't in a relationship like I would be different because I feel like if I did this quiz before I got in a relationship with Thomas, then like I would have a totally different answer. I would I would be like hundred percent agree like I am definitely like the insecure type. But once I'm like I realize I'm in a stable and healthy relationship, I feel like I'm pretty. I feel pretty secure about it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So man. I guess like personality wise, you always be fluctuating back and forth Mm. but then again personality quizzes aren't they don't describe everyone to a t perfectly um yeah it's just a general overview they just grasp at straws and then they try and sell you do this short course Mm. so you can improve yourself you know yeah 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 so i do want to know do you do you think that the label that you've been given is correct Mm. being anxious preoccupied or the avoidant dismissive Mm, I think it to some extent it does um you know represent me because like 
it depends on who are who I am like associating with. So like if I was like more with like my family, with my parents, then I might be like, yeah, it makes sense kind of thing because I won't necessarily open up or like depend on them as much because like of like what's happened in my childhood, I guess, and how my inner child has been wounded somehow. <laughs> and then if I'm like for me, like with friendships as well, like I feel like sometimes like before I get to know them or like I'm dealing with like acquaintances or like, you know, not so close friends, I would like adopt a different style. So I'll be a bit more like dismissive, um, avoidant because like I don't want to get myself too involved to feel like I'll get hurt later. Yeah. But if yeah. I'm like in my boyfriend, I remember doing a quiz where it asked like the three different people that you'll be um um dealing with and then those the same set of questions and then for me and my friends uh, for me my my family and my friends like I would answer very similarly and then but with my boyfriend I will answer like all of them were like yeah I am very comfortable I can do this I can do that kind of thing so yeah what about you I think Honestly, like, I just took the one test, but got me correctly. Just looking at the mm-hmm. other tests other ex- tests where they looked at your past, I find mm-hmm. that, like, my past, yeah, it dictates who I am, but, like, mm-hmm. it doesn't really dictate what I am now because I've taken mm-hmm. steps to not be who I was in the past, which yeah. I just find that... If I was to do that quiz solely on how my childhood was or how yeah. my upbringing was, it would be totally different to who I am now. I have a hard time with partners who are too dependent. I handle vulnerability mm. of others well, but not comfortable with mine, which is very true. Um, I have a very mm. hard time of trusting people, which is extremely true. It does take me a long time, mm-hmm. like talking to someone and developing that emotional trust with them to be vulnerable in front of them Mm -hmm. it takes a long time um i've cared deeply about partners but underlying feelings of dissatisfaction and doubt with a lingering feeling that you are missing out on something and questioning the future so i i agree with that in a certain extent i i think i only think like that when i'm depressed (laughs) Mm, 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 mm. when i'm like actually depressed or I remember feeling like that, especially in my previous relationships, just due yeah. to this, the relationship itself was so unstable that yeah. I was constantly feeling dissatisfied. But obviously in this relationship that I'm in right now, I don't feel dissatisfaction at all. Um, yeah. At the start, during my depressive episodes, I did feel mm. areas of dissatisfaction, not really mm-hmm. dissatisfaction, but more of doubt, um, where mm. I was just like, and is this person going to stay with me? Should I trust mm. this person with my feelings? But I think I've taken steps to avoid feeling like that and being more realistic in, like, how I am as well. Yeah, I think, like, you know, having to know, like, what sort of styles um, that you are, like, really help in, you know, recognising, like, personality traits or, like, you know, you catch yourself, like, when you're doing something, you're like, oh, wait, I'm, like, expressing, like, a avoided dismissive, like, trait. Like, mm-hmm. it's coming out, like, I should, like, you know, draw back and, like, think, yeah. like, what what would I ideally want to behave like? Yeah. 
So mm. it does also say the avoidment attachment style, and because mm. we do have aspects of both, okay? Yeah. Says that our caregivers were emotionally unavailable, insensitive, and even hostile responses to a child's need for connection. Do you agree with that? Mm. I think, yeah, to a certain extent, it that definitely makes sense. Like, I feel like for my parents, it wasn't like they 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 abused me or anything mm. but it was more like you know they were like consumed by work working on their career so a lot of times like I felt like they weren't there because they kind of like wanted to you know focus on themselves and mm-hmm. then like that left me to fend for myself mm-hmm. if that makes sense like they still gave me you know like housing and like food and water and everything Mm -hmm. but you know like just the emotional aspect just like isn't there and that's why like it like made me develop like this um like you know lack of like like affectionate like touching or like affectionate like talking because Mm -hmm. yeah it kind of like just like plays up the whole thing pretty much do you find that like in your relationships externally from your parents are even like when you were talking to Thomas for the first time or when you're being mm. friends with someone or like is it hard for you to open up emotionally and just be vulnerable with them? I think like it depends on like the confidence level and the type of people I'm like talking to. Like I I don't know, for me like I can't deal with people who like are like jocks kind of thing. Like or like those Eshe guys. I think of jocks as in like the bimbo jocks. Do you know what I mean? Like the dumb people. Yeah. <laughs> That's just because of the stereotype. Like I think of Eshes and jocks as bimbo people because of the, uh, just that vibe that they give. It's just like it's overpowering. Yeah. It's, I don't think it's self-confidence. I, I think it's just ego sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. Like that ego person or like people who like even when I'm talking to them feels like like they're selling themselves to me like I just like I just can't like they're like starts talking about like all their their career stuff or like I mean like I appreciate all that but like when they start going over like this to this like I'm just like yo I think we aren't on the same level here yeah (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. I'm just like um then like I I do feel like I can't open up to those people Mm -hmm. um I usually, for me, like, when I start talking to someone, I don't necessarily, you know, want to tell them, like, everything about me in terms, like, you know, like, the downsides of me. So, like, mm-hmm. and I I have a fear of, like, you know, being hurt afterwards if, like, I, you know, put in a lot of effort into, like, that relationship and, like, nothing comes back. Or, like, yeah. I feel like, I feel like, oh, like, I'm talking to you, I'm really interested in you, and they're not interested in me back, then, like, I just... I'll feel like extreme hurt from it. I feel like for friends, I don't want to put in all the work because if I put in all the work, then I feel like I'm giving too much. And I feel like it leaves me so vulnerable when I start giving more than what I normally give. And yeah, yeah. It feels like you're trying to force a friendship to happen with the person. And it's just Mm -hmm. like you're giving too much while like. If they put in like a little bit of effort, but I'm still giving, it just makes me shut down. And I'm just like, what's the point in like this friendship? If I feel that things are unfair in a relationship or whichever Mm. style, it just makes me 
not want to push for it and makes me just like crawl back into my shell and pull away and I guess yeah. that just makes me emotionally unavailable and insensitive and I, I detach from people to avoid getting myself hurt I totally I can totally relate to that and I just pulled out like some stuff that I read from my quiz results which was anxious preoccupied um, it says that um, I would have a hard time being alone you crave relationships and intimacy yeah I don't know like I think it makes sense because like at one point in my life I felt like I needed to seek validation from others mm-hmm. um, in order to be happy mm-hmm. so I I wanted to like have lots of friends kind of thing mm-hmm. but then mm-hmm. as time went by like I felt like you know quality matters more than quantity mm-hmm. at least that's what I've like brainwashed myself to feel <laughs> like but you know maybe it's an underlying thing I still feel like sometimes I can see it creeping up and mm. like it also says like when it comes to relationships you often exhibit clingy and needy behaviors you seek attention and intimacy and can become too demanding on the other hand you are sensitive towards your partner's needs and preoccupied with taking care of them which might cause your partner to feel smothered or suffocated by you <laughs> is that true so, <laughs> I don't know like I feel like I did have this tendency to you know want to almost micromanage my um, partner which like that's happened in the past um, because I feel like you know I want them to be like the their best selves kind of thing but mm-hmm. I realized that you know in order for them to be their, their selves they would want to do that for themselves there's no yeah. point in me trying to get them to you know do certain things like you know I'm like telling them like oh you should do this you know you like you'll up your resume you'll get like all these jobs and stuff like that like this is how you become a good like whatever but -hmm. you know sometimes like they're not seeking for that feedback or like that advice kind of thing and to them it's like controlling yeah I find that trust is a very very big part of everything especially Mm. to me like if a fraction of that trust is gone in some way Mm. it just breaks me down like I do not want to form a connection with you anymore I don't trust myself around Mm. you and I I would be very careful my words around you if you've ever broken my trust and that really came Mm. from like in past relationships as well not talking about like huge things like I'm talking about like Mm -hmm. tiny like tiny white lies or or Mm. things that weren't as important but like you did something anyway it's just Mm. very very small things or like arguments Mm. that never been resolved that tiny bit of trust breaks off and it just makes doubt creep in so much faster and dissatisfaction in relationships creep so much faster you know that's why we don't do second second chances after the first breakup that's what I've mm-hmm. learned. Never ever do that. <laughs> yeah. Learned that the hard way too. <laughs> so listen to Taylor Swift when she gives out love advice. That's what I've learned. Yes. Through all her breakup songs has been very inspirational. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's a fun quiz to do from time to time just to see like whether or not it's changed or, you know, discuss with friends. So like... And it can be informational at times as well because you can pick up some things where, like, you didn't, like, notice, like, for yourself. And when you know you are, like, 
a certain type or anything and then when you start doing things that are like that type then you can pick up like oh my god wait I am acting just like that kind of thing and then you can draw yourself back and then improve yourself afterwards like it's it's really there to like to help you recognize some things about yourself and like you know from there you have choice to you know change your destiny yeah I agree with you as well. Like, I feel like these quizzes give you a very broad answer to whatever question Mm. or aspect that you're trying to find advice for. Like, the love Mm. language stuff, you can do that with your partner, you can do that with your family or friends, and you can Mm. gain a deeper understanding to how they show love or how they want to be shown love. Mm. I mean, like, if you look at me and Victor, total opposite end of the spectrum like love languages over time we just got a kind of gradual sense about how we showed love to each other and once you Mm. understand and once you know my partner gives me love by doing this then you'll be Mm. like okay you'll be more appreciative of that or you can Mm. the quizzes also help you I guess understand yourself where you can tell your partner hey I actually really like it when you give me gifts like it just shows me that you care about me so I Mm. think quizzes just give you a really broad answer but it's relationships it's something that you have to work on over time and in general Mm. and then with the attachment styles I honestly think that all of them are so broad yeah like it's just such a broad answer because when I'm reading about all of the attachment styles I'm like I can relate to every single one every single person all has a flaw or needs something to to be worked on anyway I guess the the attachment quiz does give you a pinpoint example of like oh like you're not really good at trusting people but I'm just gonna write it like in bold that you're not good with trusting people that's what I'm perceiving it as more yeah I feel like you know well the the attachment styles quiz is like you know there's four types there's the secure type and the rest the three others are just like three different types of like insecure types pretty much so they're like quite similar to each other because basically they're just saying that you're um kind of insecure in terms Mm -hmm. of like how you deal with people and how you um how you have people approach you Mm -hmm. and like when I did one of the quizzes they actually gave me like a pie chart of to say that you are a complete like you know this um like avoidant dismissive type or anything is like that's just like too broad kind of thing Mm -hmm. or like it's like it doesn't do justice because like you can have certain aspects of each attachment style yeah and then why are there three negatives and only one positive as well because when you're positive there's only one way I guess (laughs) I don't know (laughs) if you're happy you're happy you get a chance of secure attachment so 25% mm. of the time you get you're secure while 75% mm-hmm. says that you're fucked up in some way. <laughs> Literally, that's what it says. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So we're part of the majority if you consider it. Yeah, but I mean like there's definitely no person that is 100% secure unless yeah. like, they're like internal peace like with everything. Like they define the secure attachment as like the ideal attachment style that you need to enjoy healthy boundaries and fluidity of intimacy and individual individuation and social engagement and like it comes from like the background of like their childhood whether or not you know they were cared for whether they were positively like looked after and like they just have like that good enough 
care, attention, and affection, apparently. So, well, yeah. Getting kind of envious of that now. <laughs> yeah. And that's why we are the fucked up ones. So. <laughs> exactly. That's why we got the 75%. So that brings us to the end of our episode today. If you'd like to send in any of your own comments, questions, or see more of us, follow us at Chewing Gum Podcast on Instagram. Thanks for listening to this episode, and hopefully we come to understand that quizzes don't define our relationship compatibility. Instead, we all do by simply putting in the effort of companionship and improving your relationship. Thanks for listening to this episode and tune in next week where we will be bringing a special guest on the show to celebrate the end of lockdown by revealing the yummiest and most aesthetic foods around Sydney. Thanks, guys. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.